good evening and welcome to our uh, Bible study. And if you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3. You probably find a heading over in your Bible over those words um, that Jesus greater than Moses. And this is what we're going to look at this evening. But first of all, let's read this passage together. Hebrews chapter 3, starting to read at verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honour than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honour than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. So, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert, where your fathers tested and tried me and for forty years saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation, and I said, their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, and they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end, and the confidence we had at first, as has just been said. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard the re and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the desert? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word, and we just ask your blessing upon us now as, as we come to it together. We thank you that we have this time where we can meet and we can gather around your word, we can read your word, and we can, as we do this, we can open our hearts and our minds to what you would have us know. So just guide us now as we continue. We ask these things in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen. So we come to our passage, uh, Hebrews chapter 3. And before we look at chapter 3, I just want to share a verse from chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom 
also he made the universe. His Son, Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God. Why should these Hebrew people listen to Jesus? They are God's people. They have the prophets, they have Moses, they have the scriptures. They know what God has said to them. So why should they listen to Jesus? Well, these people who the writer is addressing are like us. They have also listened to Jesus. But some of them have put their trust in him. But they're now in danger of slipping back into the old ways. And some among them are trying to lead them back into their old ways. They're in danger to going back to following the law of Moses as well as following Jesus. This letter has been written to them to remind them of what they know and of what these things mean. First of all, Jesus is superior to the old ways, that is, the Mosaic law, because he is the fulfillment of the Mosaic law. Also, they must listen to God as he now speaks to them through his Son. And they must not be like their ancestors, who turned away from God when he spoke to them through Moses. We've already seen how the angels are important and how God had spoken to his people through the angels. And as great and as important as they are, Jesus is far superior to them. And his message is superior to the message that they brought. They know that Moses is great. And here they will be reminded by the writer of his greatness but there's no comparison to the greatness and the superiority of Jesus in comparison to that of Moses. In our first one of chapter 3, we have that word, therefore. And therefore always reminds us to consider what we already know. It refers to what we've already learned in the previous chapter. Jesus calls those who followed him his brothers. So that makes us brothers and sisters with him. That means that our call from God came directly from him. It also means that we have now become heirs to the kingdom. And so we are to fix our thoughts on him who we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. The word apostle, now, the apostles are, are those who took their commission directly from Jesus, who is God. Moses, whose commission was directly from God. We read in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 6, And Samuel said to the people, It is the Lord who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your ancestors up out of Egypt. 
But the commission to Moses was greater than Aaron's. So we see Moses as an apostle. Listen to what we read in Numbers chapter 12, verse 5 through to 8. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. He stood at the entrance to the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them stepped forward, he said, Listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions, I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Now this is an account that tells us of the time when Miriam and Aaron challenged the authority of Moses. They had been called to serve God. But Moses had been called in a different way in what we might term an apostolic way. Like the twelve apostles, Paul's commission was directly from Jesus when he met him on the road to Damascus. So Paul then could call himself an apostle, an apostle born out of due time. During his earthly ministry, the religious leaders constantly challenged the authority of Jesus. Time and time again, he demonstrated who he was by the things he did. He told them who he was by the things he said and the words he used to describe himself. Listen to what he said to his disciples as he commissioned them to continue the work of the gospel. This is John chapter 20, and if you turn to 20, verse 21. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now let me read that again with a little bit more emphasis. Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Jesus, whose commission was directly from the Father. And he and the Father are one, God with us. This makes Jesus a superior apostle to Moses. Later, we will see his superiority to Moses as being a high priest. But that's further down in our passage. But here in verse 2 of chapter 3, we read that he was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. So both Jesus and Moses are faithful. See how the writer does not reduce the greatness of Moses. But the reference to God's house here is relevant to what he is about to say. And this is where the superiority of Jesus goes up another level. The comparison between the servant in the house 
and the builder and owner of the house. Let's read verse 3 through to 6 in this chapter 3. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honour than Moses, just as the builder of the house was greater honour than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house, and we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. So how is Jesus greater than Moses? Well, the builder has greater honour than the house. What house? The house that God is building. The house is not the material building. The people of God are the house. Moses was a faithful servant to the Israelites and this was to be a witness to future events. And the events are Christ is the Son of over God's house as well as being the builder of the house and we are his house and we can be confident in this this is confirmation that Jesus is God God who is the builder of everything and Jesus is God I'm going to just share a little bit from what is known as the Davidic Covenant. Find this in 2 Samuel, chapter 7, verse 1 through to 17. And God promises David that he would preserve the throne and he would keep it in David's family. This is what we read here. Here is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with the rod wielded by men, with floggings inflicted by human hands. But my love will never be taken away from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever. Before me, your throne will be established forever." Within this promise, God is speaking more about Jesus than about David. But David is involved. God's promise to David. When David wanted to build a house for God, God said, no, Solomon will do that. But God gave David a promise, a promise that he would build a house out of David's line, a house that would last forever. Some of your descendants will not be perfect. This is what God is saying to David. And God said, those who are not perfect, I will punish them. But there's one who is perfect, and he will come. And so in that promise we have this line, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. This is speaking about Jesus of the line of David and the house 
The house is God's people. Jesus is greater than Moses. The writer saying, learn from your history, as great as Moses was, the people did not listen to him, and they suffered the consequences. Jesus is greater than Moses, and it's more important that you listen to him. Verse 7 through to 11. So as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Here your ancestors tested and tried me, though for forty years they saw what I did. That is why I was angry with this, that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Psalm 95. Have a look at that and read. And you will see that those words are the words from Psalm 95. And they are being quoted back to these Hebrew people who have accepted Christ, but who are tethering on the edge of going back to follow the law. The law which has now been fulfilled by Jesus, the one in whom they are now trusting but struggling. That psalm refers to places where the people quarrelled and tested the Lord. And so we come to verse 12 and 13 of chapter 3. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters in Christ, do not be like them. Let's take a, a verse for us from the New Testament, from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 to 2. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in time of my favour, I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. These words that we read, they apply to us in our day, just as powerfully as they did to the first readers of this letter to the Hebrews. So we go back to the letter to the Hebrews, verse 14 and 15. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end, as has just been said. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Our original conviction of who Jesus is and what he has done, that is what these people needed to cling to and that's what we cling to today. He is greater than the angels. He is greater than Moses. His promise is the fulfilment of the promise. The promise is Jesus, the one who is the builder of the house. 
the one whose house it is because he is God. And finally, at the end of this chapter, a warning not to ignore Jesus as the people had ignored Moses. Verse 16 through to 19. Who were they who heard the rebellion? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. These are the people who God led out of slavery in Egypt. He led them towards the promised land. They saw the power and they knew the protection of God, but they tried and tested him. They didn't trust him. And when they came to the time to enter the promised land, they would not listen to God and they refused to trust him. They spent 40 years in the wilderness until that unfaithful generation died before they had entered or before they had another chance to trust God and enter into their inheritance. There's a challenge for us. If we've accepted Christ as our Saviour, we are to stick to what we know and what we believe. We are to look to him, not be swayed by others who might be offering something that they see as being needful, something in addition to the cross. And we know that's not true because his work of salvation was finished. Let's just listen to Paul as he speaks to Timothy as we come to a close. 1 Timothy 3.15 If I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the world. That is the one on whom we stand, the one who is Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word and we just ask that as we've gone through this passage this evening, that you will just remove any confusion, that you will fill our hearts with the knowledge of who you are and what you've done and how we can put all our trust in you. We've been reminded of these people who were quavering, who were thinking that salvation was not enough, that they needed more. And so they were drifting back to their old ways. Our Father, protect us from that. Our Father, we ask these things in your precious and worthy name. Amen.